Welcome to Scroll, in episode number 111. I'm Ket, joining me as always, Davius Starjumper. How's it going, man? It's going good. We hit the all ones, the one, one, one. The triple ones. We triple finally ones. made it. Just, yep, it's been a long road. You know, next step, quadruple ones. Just right around the corner. <laughs> Thousand <laughs> more episodes. <laughs> yeah. We're on our way. I mean, that's the next step. You know, that's what they say is first step, triple ones. Next step, quadruple ones. That's a, that's a, that's a quote I see at the end of people's emails. Just, you know, pretty common. About the mm-hmm. step in, you know, anonymous, you know, <laughs> hate, hate to see the anonymous tag. That's you always wonder who it was that said it. Public test server version <laughs> nine, <laughs> uh, version mm-hmm. 9.2.0 and 9.2.1 weeks one and two of the update 40 uh, base game patch. It's coming up in uh, on October 30th for PC, two weeks later on console. So yeah, this thing is a base game patch. It's not, there's nothing for sale here. There's no, you can't buy anything. ESO Plus doesn't really do anything for this. Davis, how do you feel about that? Do you feel like your, your ESO Plus is being devalued at all or you're fine with it or what? I guess, I guess that's, it's not a bad point. Uh, you know, my ESO Plus... It, I, I'm in it for the craft bag. Let's be honest. That's what it's all <laughs> yeah. about. That's how they got me. But um, you know, there's. It's not the catchiest of names for updates. Base game patch. They've had. They've <laughs> had. They've had better in the past. I think. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could call it the endless archive update if you want the oh, some, something splashy. But yeah, it's just. I just. I wasn't. I wasn't really prepared for that. I was expecting this to be like paid dlc but it's not it's just in the base game if you pick this game up for free and are are not a subscriber you'll have just as much access to this as anybody else not you welcome to the chat thanks for joining us welcome welcome man look at this party we got going in full chat early on i know um so yeah this will be uh the update that we get this new endless dungeon called endless archive you can either do it uh solo or duo on this um like preview live stream they did a couple of weeks ago, they were talking about this. Uh, the difficulty doesn't change, right? Whether you're doing it solo or duo, it's the same dif- difficulty either way. So you'll just be able to get, you know, further, faster with a partner, basically. Uh, the entrance is in Apocrypha. Uh, so you can just walk there if you have access to Apocrypha. Uh, if you don't have access to Apocrypha, then you can just port straight into the, to the Endless Archive. Um, so it is, it is part of the base game, even though the entrance is technically part of a DLC. And that's your, there's your ESO plus content. You get to see the front doors of this place. That's <laughs> what go. it's about right there. You want to know what the front door <laughs> looks like? You need that ESO plus. <laughs> you can earn a new currency in this place called archival fortunes. And, um, you can, you can basically just use those things with these special merchants that are inside of the endless archive. Uh, your ESO Plus member, you get 10% bonus to the archival fortunes. So there you go, Davius. Another ESO Plus thing. There we go. Uh, these special merchants, they have um, loot boxes, style pages, some leads, crafting materials, treasure maps, an assortment of different things. Um, and I think someone was saying that this currency is tradable. Uh, you can actually give it to other players. 
Oh, that's well, interesting. I might, I need to check me on that, but I think I, I heard that. That is pretty darn interesting. Because, like, theoretically, I guess you could never do this dungeon at all and, like, buy this currency and go get a bunch of loot boxes to get the gear. Interesting. So that'll be fun. I, th I feel like mostly it's been very positively received from what people have seen of this so far. Uh, people like the idea of this, like, never-ending kind of... I don't know. It seems like it has, like, a roguelike kind of... Uh, you know, thing going on there. If uh, It reminds me of Hades. I played the game Hades. Awesome game a couple of years ago. And it's kind of like that. Like as you're going, you get these sort of level ups where you can choose one or the other and it helps you in different ways. Hmm. Seems like it'll be pretty fun. Gummy Bear says it's like, uh, so it's like key fragments from Imperial City. Yeah, I guess so. Those are tradable too. So yeah, that makes sense. But that's not, yeah, it's not the first time they're doing that. So yeah, that'll be interesting. Um, and then, the gear that we're going to get uh, in the Endless Archive are these new class item sets. So we're going to talk about all of these. Um, the, so the, the sets that you get will be based on the, the class that you're playing on when you do the dungeon. So whatever class you're on, that'll determine the, the kind of set that you get for your drops. Um, each set focuses on one specific skill line for the class. Uh, and they said in that live stream that they're planning to add more of these in the future so that all three class skill lines will be covered eventually. Oh, that's the idea. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, and they all drop in all three weights, so you can get medium, light, or heavy uh, of any of them. And uh, yeah, so we're going to talk about all of them. So we are in week two of the public test server. There were some adjustments to some of these sets. Um, so we're just going to talk about the most current version that we know of right now. So we're not going to talk about it started as this, then they made this change. That's going to get confusing. Sure. Yep. Yep. So I have a I have a question for you before we dive into these. Like, okay. In in your what's opinion, what's 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 like the default power that these sets should be at? Do you think they should be like some of the best sets in the game, like somewhere in the middle, or more on the lower end? I think they should be pretty good. I mean, up upward. You know, in the upper end of things, I would think. I mean, I, I want them to be usable. I want to have a reason to equip them, you okay. know. Uh, I don't want them to be too good not to use, but I want them to be, for the right build, very, very good. You know, kind of... So you that's can... Always the kinda, that's always the kind of sets that I like, right? Like, for the right build, quote-unquote, they're awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I, I just... I'm curious, like... I, I'm cu the, the reason I ask that is because I, I, I'll go back to kind of that worry that I have that like if, if these if any of these are potentially too good, it just com completely builds a monopoly, right? For a class like I guess I guess yeah. that kind of exists with, in, with any new set. But for some reason, these, I don't know, worry me more for that because they are class specific. I don't know if that's a valid worry or just. And, you know. Yeah, you know, there's a there is always a meta. There is always a best. You know, so like, if it's not this, it's way of fire or, or whatever. You know? Yeah, so, yeah. I don't know, but yeah. So we'll we'll go through each one of these, and we'll start with the Dragon Knight set, which is called Basalt Blooded Warrior, and it focuses on the Earthen Heart skill line. It gives you a line of Magicka recovery, a line of max health, a line of weapon and spell damage. Uh, and then the five piece is uh, casting an earthen heart ability grants you a rock stance buff for 10 seconds. Uh, and then while that's going on, then while on your front bar, you gain molten stance, granting you major heroism. 
Uh, and while you're on your back bar, you gain Obsidian Stance, increasing your healing done and damage shields by 14%. Uh, and so when you bar swap, the stance is changed automatically. So Major Heroism on the front bar, 14% uh, healing and damage shields on the back bar is basically what this gives you. How do you feel about that, Davius? Seem seem good? I, yes. <laughs> this. Uh, I mean, let's just start off like this. this right here. First of all, Dragon Knight, and they're just speaking my language with this type of set for for the oh yeah the, the dragon knight that i like playing i i do think and you know this seems like a spoiler because it's the very first one i do think this is probably the most powerful one of the sets yeah. of the class sets i think this is the best one but i really have to talk about you know i i've first heard about this set and i was like all right what am i gonna do like this if it if it goes live with how it is like i've got to find a way to get this on lord of nords it really speaks his language and then you just kind of totally blew my mind when you were you just basically said you're like this you're gonna throw this on Lord of Nords because it can work with your Oakensole build. You'll just get the front bar stance. And that just blew yeah. my mind. I didn't even think about throwing this on an Oakensole build. So you just completely blew my mind with with pairing this with Oakensole. I was sitting here thinking, like, all right, two stances. I'm gonna have to do a back bar on him, but you're exactly right. Like I can throw this on there and you know, you do an Oakensole build, you can do, you know, five piece this build, and then probably what I will do or start thinking about doing is kind of replacing all the other pieces and just run two five pieces uh and then the Oakensole. So I'll probably have a damage set, this set, and then Oakensole. I feel like I'll be in pretty good shape right there. Yeah, and you're using leap. Uh oh yeah. So That'll be awesome. And we're going to kind of be returning back to the original Oakensole situation with that. And what's neat is, uh, yeah, like with Oakensole, you can pick whichever bar you want your build to be on. So, yeah, you could you can have basically permanent major heroism at all times, or you could have permanent 14% healing at all times if you want to make like a DK healer or something like that, mm -hmm. or just a really, really tanky DK. Because that 14% is super juicy, too. DKs already get a free 12% bonus to healing all the time anyway. So Yeah, that is. Now, the only tricky part is that I currently don't use Earthen Heart ability. So, mm -hmm. but I mean, that that's I mean, like, that's fossilize. a very, yeah, that's a very me problem. Fossilize is one of the best skills on DK, and I've always been looking for an excuse to use it. So pretty easy fix yeah, there. I bet you'll find a way to, to get it on there. Yeah, most DKs use Fossilize. There's no cooldown on how often you can activate that buff. So, like, every time you Fossilize someone, it's just another 10 seconds, another 10 seconds. Yep. Or even um, even so, the, the Ash Cloud. Ash Cloud's another great option. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You're right. Yeah, this set, this set seems very, very good. Yeah, and I think part of what makes it so good compared to all the others, as we'll see, is it's there's no thinking required, you know. It's just like you're gonna be fossilizing people, or you're gonna mm -hmm. be using Ash Cloud, you know. It's just gonna be happening on its own, and then you just have those buffs, and, yeah. and they're just there. I think I think two parts to it, like exactly what you said. Like it, you're you're gonna have it. It's very easy to to get the benefit out of it, and it just, you know, the other one. Some of the other sets are really good about this too, but this one is just perfect theme for the class, like ultimate oh yeah i mean ultimate on a dk that's yeah. just the best possible thing you can do for them you know exactly yeah so and dk's obviously as we all know they're already in amazing shape um and they're they're getting some adjustments that we'll talk about here in just a little bit but really all in all they're uh they're doing excellent they're getting an excellent new set added uh to their 
you know, to the tools that they have available. Uh, so let's see if the rest of them hold up here. Um, <laughs> so the next one is the <laughs> is the Templar set. It's called Wrath Sun. It uh, focuses on the Don's Wrath skill line. It gives you a line of weapon and spell damage, a line of crit, a line of weapon and spell damage. Uh, and in the five piece, it's kind of a mouthful. When you deal damage with a Don's Wrath ability, gain a stack of sunlight for 10 seconds once per attack. Uh, you can have 50 stacks max and gain 12 magicka recovery per stack. When at max stats, stacks, <laughs> your Don's Wrath abilities deal 25% bonus damage and, and a Wrathful Nova is automatically cast on the enemy, but you cannot refresh sunlight. So those, those stacks are going to fall off. When sunlight expires at max stats, you lose 50% of your current Magicka. A lot going on there. Rolls right off the tongue. Rolls right off the <laughs> yeah. tongue. Yeah. So basically, anytime you deal damage with one of your Dawn's Wrath abilities, so Reflective Light, Solar Barrage, the Nova Ultimate, um, you know, any of that stuff, then you're, you're generating these stacks. So it's kind of weird. It's, it's once per attack. It's also once per dot tick will generate a stack but so like so like solar barrage it can it can potentially hit multiple enemies at once right but it's only going to give you one stack per tick uh, but you can get multiple stacks at a time if you have multiple different abilities you know generating those stacks uh, but either way i did some testing on this on pts it takes kind of an eternity uh, to get to those stacks even when you're using all of the abilities it takes me about 30 seconds or so to get there when i have target like three target dummies piled up together so to me i don't know this one seems in pvp at least this one seems very very like niche at, at best yeah uh probably not useful at all really for most pvp situations that's kind of my thing i love the idea of it like i really like the idea of this like you know, casting these Novas and these, like, just coming down and doing this AoE, but kind of exactly what you said, like, you, you've you got no control over who they hit, they, it, and it just, you're not getting enough of them, like, it seems like it's very difficult to get that many, that many stacks built up, and then when it does proc, having no control over where it hits, like, I don't know, it just, yeah. it doesn't seem like enough to, to, and that, that Wrathful Nova, it's it's your Nova Ultimate. It's just like a clone copy of that. The devs even say it's the same radius, damage, and other effects uh, as the regular Nova. Um, so I mean, that's cool, but yeah, like you're talking about there, it's gonna it's gonna proc on some random person. You're not you can't really control when it's going to appear. In PvP, you know, all you have to do, all someone has to do is just step outside of it, and then that's just a wasted proc. You know, it's doing nothing now. And 50 um, stacks of, of, of a proc. And then you got to get back to 50 stacks, yeah. Uh, even in PvE, that can, that can be useful, but in a lot of fights, I don't know, it's such a stationary thing. If things are moving around at all, mm -hmm. or it could, it, could, it could proc on a random mob that's behind you or whatever, you know, like, it's just going to be tough to use, I think, in a lot of situations. Yeah. I wish, and I don't, I don't know, like, I don't know what it would take for this to to make it seem more appealing to me. Like probably the easiest thing is just less stacks, but I, I do, stacks. I do get that if you make it too low a stacks and Novas are just procking everywhere, like this could be very overpowered very quickly, but I'd like a weaker Nova more frequently is what I want. Yeah. I, I would weaker. agree with that. Like, yeah, like make it, um, 
It doesn't have to be the exact same Nova. Make it like little smaller Novas that can hit and just more often. That would be much more useful. Yeah, that's what I think. But yeah, and that iteration right there, I don't think it's going to be useful for very many people. I'm sure maybe some people will be able to kind of, you know, build around it and do do a little something. But I doubt it's going to be, I doubt this one's going to be a, a too good not to use set the way the DK one is. Uh, the next one is the Sorcerer set. It's called Monolith of Storms. Focuses on the storm calling skill line. It gives you a line of crit and two lines of weapon and spell damage. And then the five piece uh, dealing damage with a storm calling abilities initial hit or every fifth tick creates a monolith near the enemy for 10 seconds up to one every one second. You can have up to three monoliths at, at a time. Uh, the monoliths link to each other each link dealing 3,064 shock damage every two seconds to enemies between and near them. Uh, an enemy can only take damage from, uh, from the set once every two seconds. I did test this one out as well. First thing I gotta say, it's calling these things monoliths. <sighs> That's doing a lot of heavy lifting. Uh, these things, they're spikes that, <laughs> that, that stick in the ground. Uh, you know, you think a monolith, it's like a large thing that you're like looking up at, you know, this is not what that is. This is maybe as tall as you are, if that tall. And it's like a skinny little Ugh. spike in the ground. <laughs> um, but despite that, it seems like an okay. So at least for PVE, it seems like it's fairly usable with, for me, I was just using liquid lightning and hurricane were the only storm calling abilities I was using. And I was getting a, a permanent uptime on all three of those monoliths on just a single target. So I think in PvE and the and the you can you can kind of summon those things uh frequently enough, you know. I think that it's it's pretty easy to use if a fight is moving around a lot or whatever, it's not gonna take long to just get those things going again in the new location and, and stuff. So I think in PvE, definitely usable. Uh the damage seems about comparable to any other proc set, I think. So I don't know if it's actually going to be worth using or not, but it does seem actually at least usable. So disappointing when you you told me about the animation on this. Like I was expecting I Stonehenge to pop up in the middle of a fight. Like, yeah, I was uh, thinking like a spell scar and Craglorn, yeah. those giant black spikes that come out of the ground. I was something like a small version of one of those. Is yeah, what I was thinking. It's a bummer little little that's that's tough to get behind but the other thing that i think could be potentially like pretty funny to see is I, i'd like to see like a four squad of sorks and a bg all run this <laughs> just to see how many spikes could get going you know i didn't think of that but yeah just all so, those things yeah, just the whole four. battlefield covered in those things like just, landmines like, everywhere yeah that like nowhere to go nowhere to go i think that would be hilarious to see actually that could be pretty cool I think it said they have to be at least 28 meters from each other, but still, that's a long way that, for them to be linking those beams up together. Yeah. We may need to give that a try. <laughs> Just to see. So that's the Sork one. That one seems at least usable in PvE. I feel like, unless we're doing something like that that you just mentioned, I think in PvP, the, the, use, the usefulness is going to be pretty limited. Yeah. The Nightblade one, I think, is maybe my favorite one. It's, uh, it's called Soul Cleaver. Focuses on the siphoning skill line, which is an amazing skill line. Um, it gives you a line of weapon and spell damage, a line of max health, another line of weapon and spell damage. Uh, and then while in combat with at least 20 ultimate, this is another mouthful. This is going to take some explaining. <laughs> Just prepare, prepare yourself. 
While in combat with at least 20 ultimate, strengthen your siphoning abilities at the cost of ultimate. Increase the damage and healing of siphoning abilities by 17% of your current ultimate up to 200 ultimate from a minimum of 3% to a maximum of 34%. Reduce the cost of siphoning abilities by 15%. Casting a siphoning ability while in combat drains you of 1% of your current ultimate with a minimum of 1. 1 ultimate. Lot going on there. I reworded this to maybe make it a little easier to digest, at least for myself. Uh, so basically, as long as you have at least 20 ultimate, then your siphoning abilities cost 15% less. Uh, the damage and healing of your siphoning abilities is increased by 17% of your current ultimate, which caps at 200 ultimate. So 17% of 200, that's where the 34% comes from. All right, 17% of 200 is 34. So that means your siphoning abilities are dealing 34% more damage and healing for 34% more as long as you're at 200 ultimate or more. And then every time you use a siphoning ability, you're consuming 1% of your current ultimate. So if you're at 200 ultimate, that would be 2 ultimate uh, every time you cast a siphoning ability. Now your base ult regen is 3 ultimate per second. So it's actually going to be really easy. You, you'll, pro you'll probably never dip below 200 ultimate as long as you're not using your ultimate. You know, you can just kind of cruise along right there. And that's how I'm thinking you would use this. You would just not use your ultimate. Maybe just hang on to your back bar defensive ult. Use that in emergencies. Mm -hmm. But otherwise, just keep your ultimate. They did say that uh, Soul Tether, the siphoning ult, does not benefit from this because it'll get consumed before it actually hits. So. Um, so no need to worry about trying to use your ultimate. Basically, you'll just not use it, get up to that 200, and then just cruise along. It is consuming some ultimate, yes, but you'll, you'll probably never go below that 200. And you just have 34% increase to, you know, Swallow Soul, mm. uh, which is a, is a really good spammable, but it doesn't hold up damage-wise to, like, Force Pulse. But with this, it certainly will. Uh, plus, it heals you. Um, Shrewd Offering, the Burst Heal. So, I mean, that's going to, what, it's going to cost 15% less. It already costs almost nothing, <laughs> and it's going to have 34% additional healing. I mean, that's just going to be nuts. This one seems the most thought out, right? Like the most planned, meticulous. Like this one is very detailed, detailed numbers. Like they really mapped this one out. Uh, seems very good. Oh, so Joral's talking about in the chat here, what about uh, using this with the Pearls of Elnafe mythic item? When you attempt to use uh, resources to cast a healing ability while in combat, and your dominant resources under fifty percent gain three ultimate, so yeah, that could that could help you kind of outpace that that yeah. ultimate drain. But what I'm saying here is like even if you're not doing that, like you're not gonna you're not draining more ultimate than you're gaining. You know, you're you're still gaining more ultimate than you're than you're using. Even so, uh, up to, you know, until you hit 300 ultimate and then you're breaking even there. Yeah. And that's not counting if you have major hero or minor heroism and, you know, combat frenzy, like you, you get ultimate when you kill other players and stuff like that, you know? Yep. So. And that's the part that stands out to me is, is 34% is huge. That's a big percentage. <laughs> And a 15% cost decrease also. I mean, I'm thinking about shrewd offering. That thing's already, like, you can spam that thing infinitely. 
So, I mean, just even more infinitely, plus it's 34% stronger, your main burst heal. Or yeah, the other morph you, that might allow you to, to afford using the other morph, which gives you the, the minor mending. So yeah, I think this is going to be a really good one. I think it's something that you kind of need to plan your build around. It's potentially super strong, but only for the right build. Yep. You know, the, the bread and butter abilities that Nightblades are known for, um, a concealed weapon, in-cap, merciless resolve, this doesn't apply to any of those things. You know, so this is for like a different kind of Nightblade, which I think is really cool. Uh, so yeah, I'm thinking like a like a ranged mag blade, like the old school ranged mag blades that we used to see all the time. I'm thinking they may be making a bit of a comeback with this set. And then the Warden set called uh, Gardener of the Seasons focuses on the green balance skill line, the healing skill line. It adds, uh, it, the, the two-piece gives you 4% healing done. You get a line of magicka recovery and a line of weapon and spell damage. And then the five-piece, casting a green balance ability grants you Herald of the Spring, causing your green balance overheals to apply minor heroism for three seconds. And then casting two non-green balance abilities within two seconds consumes Herald of the Spring and grants you Harbinger of Fall for 10 seconds, causing your green balance overheals to create an eight-meter area for five seconds, applying major maim to enemies and minor vitality to allies. You can only create one area once every five seconds. You cannot have both Herald of the Spring and Harbinger of Fall active at the same time. So another mouthful to that one. <laughs> but uh, basically when you when you overheal someone with your green balance abilities, you're giving them minor heroism. And that's basically just all the set is, is you're just giving everyone minor heroism when you heal them with your with your class abilities. But then Basically, like if your team, say your team suddenly starts taking a bunch of damage and it's kind of like panic mode, then you could cast two non-green balance abilities. So um, Polar Wind, for example, cast two Polar Winds in a row, and now you're in kind of, oh crap mode, right? And you're giving mm -hmm. all, your, all your enemies in the area major maim, and you're giving your enemies uh, or your allies minor vitality, so they're, they're taking more heals. Um, and then when that situation's over, you're back to, you know, just giving them minor heroism all the time so they can be doing more damage, getting to their ultimates faster and that kind of stuff. I actually really like the idea of this set. I feel like you're really going to have to think about how your build is put together so you can kind of choose when to be in one mode or the other. Um, it seems like fun and interesting and actually pretty good if you can manage to pull it off and, and use it well. Yeah, I really like this one. This one is like seems very well balanced to me. It's it's not like over the top amazing, but it's absolutely usable and could be really good on the right build. I, I really like the setup of this one. And I like what you just said, like the kind of the, the extra layer that it puts into a build of kind of deciding situations and figuring out which one's gonna benefit based on what's going on in the fight. Yeah, it's neat. And yeah, it's not not too strong you're certainly not going to be missing out on too much by not using it but you certainly could make a build with this and it would i think it could be worth using i mean having an easy way to give major maim to a yeah a whole group of enemies is that that alone is pretty spicy mm -hmm. so that one seems pretty good um the next one is the necromancer set it's called nobility in decay and this focuses on the Bone Tyrant skill line. It gives you a line of max health, a line of healing taken, another line of max health. Uh, and then the five piece, casting a Bone Tyrant ability while in combat grants you Beautiful Corpse, Minor Protection, and Minor Resolve for 16 seconds. 
It has a 20 second cooldown, but that cooldown is reduced by two seconds for each Bone Tyrant ability that you have slotted. And so then casting a Corpse Consumer ability consumes Beautiful Corpse, treating yourself as the corpse. So that's what that Beautiful Corpse thing does, is it makes you yourself a corpse that you can use those abilities on. So um, I have some <laughs> thoughts about this. Um, oh boy. So this set wants you to slot as many Bone Tyrant abilities as possible, right? It has a 20 second cooldown and that cooldown is reduced by two seconds for every Bone Tyrant ability you have slotted. One of those abilities is the Bone Totem ability, that Fear Totem, right? Which gives you minor protection, you and your allies, while you're standing in it, which is one of the things this five-piece bonus gives you. So this right away, this set is like nullifying itself, right? Like if we, mm -hmm. if we do what this set tells you to do and slot all the Bone Tyrant abilities, well, then we're just, we're eliminating one third of the five piece bonus here, the minor protection that's redundant. Yep. Minor resolve, everyone already has that. Bigger. Right? If your healer's not giving it to you, bigger is. Yeah. Uncle Sam says, I hear you can use the damage tether on yourself and become a walking AoE damage. Yeah. So with the week two patch, they, they fixed it so that you can tether yourself. And so, yeah, you do, you can, that's one, that's probably the best thing about it is you can use the damage tether on yourself and have that AOE damage following you around. But it's not like that's a, an astronomical amount of damage. I think it's just like a standard dot. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Not worth dedicating a five piece to. Yeah. Not worth a five piece bonus, you know, and you know, so yeah, yeah. Minor protection, minor resolve and the self corpse thing. That's what the five piece bonus is. Two of those things you already have. So it's just the self-corpse thing. Me, personally, I have all three minions and the uh, the armor buff. The class armor buff also drops a corpse. I'm just surrounded by corpses. I have more corpses than I know what to do with. That's not useful to me. No. So, no thanks. <laughs> you know, it's kind of how I feel about this one. Yeah. This is, uh, you know, what, are the, what sweet irony that the, the Necromancer set seems... By far and away, the the worst one of these sets. Um, easily, uh, Joral in the chat says, "Aren't they already a corpse?" The class? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Necromancer as a class is already a corpse. We don't need this set to turn them into one. I, I have a theory that that back in the day, Uncle Sam was in a battleground and must have played a couple of developers, and just he just must have done them dirty, and they've just never forgiven the class since that since that day. They've just That's they've, gotta be it. It's gotta be it. So for for all of what's happened to Necromancer, we can absolutely blame Uncle Sam. <laughs> I usually just default to blaming Sam on things mm. until I figure out, you know, always, what the real thing is. Always a safe bet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but the thing it has a long cooldown, like the, the turning yourself into a corpse, uh a twenty second cooldown and even doing that. You know, the two through four the two through four piece bonuses, two lines of health and a line of healing taken, that's not exciting either. No, you know, it's just, just a, it's just a total dud, man. Just a total dud. And that's really what it is. It's just dud. Like there's nothing exciting about it. There's nothing that like you're gonna try to, you know, it doesn't even like encourage you to try to build a specific build around it. Like there's just there's just nothing exciting about it at all. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, no thanks. Try again's awesome that one. Yeah. Uh, and 
And then the last one is the Arcanist set. It's called Reawakened Hierophant. Uh, it focuses on the curative rune form, the healing skill line. It gives you... So all three of the 2-3-4 piece bonuses are 731, Magicka, and Stamina. So that's what those all three are. Uh, and then the five piece is casting a non-ultimate curative rune form ability grants an effect for six seconds to your affected allies based on how many crux you had. So at one crux, the ally gains a damage shield uh, that's 36-18 uh, damage, which will be cut in half in PvP. That's very tiny. Uh, if you have two crux, you'll give them minor heroism. And if you have three crux, you'll give them major protection. That's kind of a weird one. I, I feel like I never am thinking about anything other than just getting three crux. And if I don't have three crux, don't even do anything with crux. That's kind of how I'm thinking of it. But this actually wants you to choose. It seems like you really want to be shooting for either one or two or three, depending on the situation. Yeah, that's my question. Is I, I don't have an Arcanist yet, but I, I that was that was my big question. Is like when you're playing an Arcanist, are you aware? Like, are you that aware of how many crux that you currently have? Like, or is it just something you just kind of go with the flow and uh, however many you have is kind of what you go from? Yeah, I set my build up so that I only really have one ability that consumes crux, and I just it's just kind of always there. I just kind of have it set up in a way that the, all three crux are just always there when I when I cast that ability. Gotcha. But I mean, I know that's not the only way, but I was thinking, though, that even if it didn't have the one and two crux th things, just at three crux, when you heal someone, give them major protection. Yeah. That alone's pretty juicy, I think. Just Very being good. able to give everyone major protection when you heal them seems pretty good. I was thinking maybe even if I just play exactly the way I currently do, like I'm only ever really using three crux, seems like this might even be worth using in that situation. An easy way to give major protection to people is pretty valuable, I think. Um, you can only apply one effect at a time as well. That's the Arcanist one. Yeah, that's another one. Not amazing, uh, but I could. I think some people probably will end up using it. Yeah, there's some Arcanist support builds that I could see that working pretty well. So, what do you think, Davis? Which one of these is your favorite besides the Dragon Knight one? You're not allowed to pick that. Oh one. well, <laughs> you just you're gonna throw that at me right there. Holy cow! You just. Just it's like having Babe Ruth as your favorite baseball sure. player, you know. All right, <laughs> all right, hold on, give me a minute here, give me a minute here. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll, as I'm thinking through this now, because you totally just caught me off guard, I feel like we gotta, we also gotta pick our favorite named one. You know, we gotta okay, follow up with okay. our favorite named one. But right. uh, I will probably pick. Take the DK one away from me. I'll probably pick the um, the warden one as my favorite. Okay. If I can't pick the. That's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah, I mean, I knew you'd like the DK. Well, that's yeah, obvious. You knew. That's you obvious. knew. Yeah. Major heroism. <laughs> that's kind of a theme through all these. Like, uh, how many of these have heroism, you know, either minor or major, involved with them? Like, it seems like a yeah. very big push right now. Yeah, more and more just ultigen being pumped into the game in general here lately. Mm -hmm. I think my favorite one, like I said earlier, is Soul Cleaver, the Nightblade one with the siphoning stuff. I think that one's really, really cool. I really like the siphoning skill line. It's an awesome skill line. Uh, and I like kind of encouraging Nightblades to, to really lean into this skill line and make that kind of Nightblade again, which was actually really popular in years past, but it's been a long time. 
Um, but as far as the name, I actually, I like the necromancer name, the nobility and decay. It's just kind of, yeah, there we go. The name, the necro gets something there. I'm going to go, I'm going to go warden again. Gardener of the seasons. I like, I like that one. It's a good, it's a good name. It's a very odd name. That's that's like an oddly named set. Mm -hmm. That's the class item sets. Um, we're also getting this new group finder. So this is the thing we've been anticipating, you know, earlier in the year they were talking about, they, they said something about a pre-made group finder. It finally is happening, but it's not at all what we were uh, hoping it would be. <laughs> we should have a moment of silence for everybody to readjust their expectations. You know, just a, a quick moment of just reassess. Yeah. Okay, we reassess. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so... um this is not a lobby system for battlegrounds, not not at all. What this is is a, a it's a tool that you can use to find people to group up with, uh, and then once you have your group formed, you go and queue for activities just like normal, just like you always have. So if you find a group of twelve people, and then you go queue for BGs, it's going to say that's too many people for BGs. You need a group of four. Hmm. Um, so. That's a bummer. I, if I can, if I can kind of pretend that I never was expecting a lobby system, sure, and sure. just and just look at this for what it is. It's actually pretty cool uh, as it is. Uh, at the very least, it's going to be uh, a totally different situation finding groups to to run trials with, or uh, or finding other people to join your group and that kind of thing. Uh, the Craglorn Zone Chat is going to be a totally different yeah. ball game now. It's going to be a lot quieter, I think. But it's pretty cool. You open up this menu, you can uh you can browse through all these listings of basically people advertising uh their groups that they need members for and by default you only see listings that you qualify for. So like the people who make these these listings, they can set their criteria of like, you know, what level you need to be, what the roles need to be and and that kind of stuff. You know, if you qualify, you'll you'll see them there and you can choose like okay, I'm trying to find groups that are wanting to do trials or there's 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 all kinds of activities. There's all sorts of like drop down lists and stuff. Uh, Trials is the one that I keep going to, but there's there's dungeons. You you re- you can browse by like battlegrounds and PvP and stuff like that, but it's just to form the group, you know, mm-hmm. and then and you go from there. But I think yeah, I mean I think it's going to be a totally different ball game now. Like if uh, if we're wanting to just farm some gear from a trial, like a lot of times I'll just say like uh, never mind, I'll just figure out a different build because I don't want to mess with finding people and all. It's it's a big pain a lot of the time. But I might be a lot more willing now to like oh, let me see if any people are looking for a DPS for this trial. Oh yep, found one. Here we go. Yeah, you know? I think you're the I think you're the one that 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 told it to me like this. But it's kind of like um kind of like the guild finder, but instead in of finding a guild you're just finding a group mm-hmm. yeah it is kind of like that or also even for like uh you know the arenas like black rose prison uh dragon star arena yeah you know finding finding people for those things it's going to be nice and i mean potentially even battlegrounds might end up benefiting like in the future like people who maybe aren't in pvp guilds and like basically just randoms finding other randoms to group up with you know, maybe, maybe I doubt it though. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to be positive. I, I hope it doesn't come back to bite us that it's like flag only group, <laughs> chaos right. ball, chaos ball professional group. Join this group. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> 
So that's a group finder. It, it is a very nice quality of life thing uh, that they added. I am happy to have it. I'm I'm just I'm trying to push past the the disappointment. Yeah, it's a good quality of life. Good quality of life item in the game. It certainly is, and it's definitely something I'll use. I mean, I definitely will use it. We're also we also have these net, or we're going to get these new uh, Grand Master crafting stations. Uh, you can purchase these for fifteen hundred RIT vouchers at the RIT vendor. And uh, basically what this is, is it's a, it's a furniture item that you can like feed your, your existing attunable crafting stations into. And then once you have them all in there, it, it's just like one, it turns them all into like one single piece of furniture. So I think it's a neat way to do it because you're not wasting the attunable crafting stations that you already have purchased. You still need those. And then you put them into this thing and it just kind of tidies up your, your space. Well, not kind of, it majorly tidies up your space. This is this is huge for the ESO one percenters, right? Those those one percenters that have the, <laughs> yeah. the massive home with all the crafting stations, like crafting stations. This is huge for them. I'm excited to see what these homes look like now that they're going to have 300 spaces freed up. Like, oh yeah, so many more yeah, yeah like housing slots opened up to just do all kinds of things. Who knows what these things are going to become? Uh, huge, yeah. huge for them. Cool idea too. Like this is this is a good another good quality of life. Also, just from a from the perspective of the people who use those guild halls for those crafting stations, just so much less clutter to sift through. It's gonna be so much easier to just find the station you're looking for and stuff. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. Small thing, but that'll be nice. Um the best thing about the update by far <laughs> is this uh jewelry crafting rebalance. Long time coming, man. So this is a this is a game changer here. Yeah, this is this is going to be a huge change for the game. I mean, massive. So no such thing as grains anymore. There are no grains. Once this update goes live, when once you log in, any uh, any existing grains that you have right now will be converted into a plating. Every single grain will be one whole plating. Uh, and any current platings that you have will be turned into 10 platings. That's wild. Um, so if you have six platings right now, uh, it'll be 60 platings once you log in after this update. No more grains, no more refining grains into platings. You know, just like if you're upgrading a piece of leather pants or something, right? There's no, there's just the upgrade material. There's no, there's no refining going on there. So, um... It's going to be, they're going to be making it a lot easier. They're kind of balancing it similar to all the other crafting professions where it takes a similar amount of materials and stuff to do the upgrades and all that sort of stuff. So jewelry is going to be a lot less expensive. Jewelry materials are going to be a lot less expensive. You can do normal dungeons for jewelry pieces and just upgrade it. No big deal. You can buy blue pieces, green pieces from guild traders and just upgrade them. No big deal. Um, this is awesome. Yeah, this wait. is this is going to be wild just to see what it does for the in-game economy. Like this is a major change to what gold is going to be in this game, just because that's those gold platings for jewelry are such a a gold just strategy for a lot of those grinding you know players, oh, yeah. those farming players. Like just to see what this does to the economy is going to be wild to see because I, I it's I mean. I mean, we're talking those things. I mean, how much are those things going for now? Half a million gold per one plating? And Sounds about right. And and based on this, like there, it would be very realistic to see those. 
after I would say relatively, it'll probably be pretty quick, but those are going to come down to other gold material item pricing. And it's just going to be wild to see what that does for the game. Yeah, I might actually like fully gl- fully gold out a build once yeah. in a while. You know, we're all mother of dragons now, or, or we will yeah. be. <laughs> Possible episode title. We're all we're all mother of dragons of, now. We're all mother of dragons now. But yeah, I mean, I'm thinking I'll probably seriously gold out old Betsy right away. Yeah, it happens. Also, just word of advice to people: don't upgrade any jewelry yes. right now. Save Wait it all. This. Don't don't touch it. Wait for this update. Yeah. The the one plating becoming ten platings is just that's that's crazy. That's that's such a nice just man. friendly thing. Yeah, it really is. It really is. I guess they had to do it that way. If they're getting rid of grains, they can't have these grains yeah. like existing in the game. That's just how they have to do it, I guess. It's gonna be good. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go try to farm a bunch of grains <laughs> before the patch goes live. Yeah, not a bad idea. <laughs> Okay, and then there are some combat and gameplay changes uh, that we'll get into here. Um, so they, they preface this section with this little paragraph. I'll read it here. They say, don't expect a lot of balance adjustments this update. Uh, we're slowing down to let, changes, to let changes to values and functionalities bake longer so we can get more robust data and patterns before adjusting anything. I feel like they've been saying that for a few patches now. Yeah. Right? I did, like, that, we can we're ready guys like the the yeah. data is in you know <laughs> that message goes right with this with this uh this title of this update base game patch like you know we're just that's not very exciting to just be like we're not doing a whole lot like we're we're kind of ready for a little yeah we're like ready man, for the, a little meta slight change you know we are the the meta has been established for like a year now it's it's stagnant at this point i would say uh, this Q3 patch that we're in right now didn't change much. You know, a yeah. few things like people are using different kinds of staffs now, basically, but it's still, you know, yeah. just like we've been talking about Masters Dual Wield, Way of Fire, Vatishran, Ice Staff, Marcelock, you know, it's this meta we've been in for a very, very mm. long time now. There's nothing left to analyze. We, there's all sorts of obvious things that yeah. can be done. We're, we're ready. And, and I would say, Seemingly, and this is just my complete opinion that I just came up with three seconds ago, so very you know, a <laughs> lot of philosophy to it, but it seems like the longer a meta goes, the more tanky it gets over time to me, and, and I feel like that's kind of yeah. where we're at. Like Looking at, looking at the meta right now, like it, it's kind of wild to think about. Most builds are, are running 35, 40, 45k health, and it's like... I'm kind of ready for something to shake it up to get it to get the to kind of knock the tankiness back down to a more normal level. I think me and you are both on that same page that the more tanky it gets, the the the, the less excited we are about the meta. Yeah, I'm ready for that pendulum to swing back towards like that that 25% Malakath era where just yeah, everyone's just dropping dead left and right. Everybody's dying. Yeah. Um but yeah, I just wish they had just left that paragraph out. Honestly, it, it annoys me more them saying that than just saying nothing at yeah, all. Yeah, just you don't know, even add the, it. Don't even add. Yeah, it. just let let the the notes stand, you know, on their own two feet rather than because that just seems very disingenuous, honestly. So we'll skip some stuff. Some there's some things that are like not super impactful that you're probably not even going to really notice, but we'll we'll just kind of focus on the things that you probably will notice. 
Uh, so for the Arcanist, the Rune of Eldritch Horror, that's the uh, the fear slash charm CC ability. Um, so they improved how this ability completes its delay timers to be more uniform Ugh. with other delays, such as Rune Prison, uh, to make it feel more fluid and responsive to break free. Thank goodness. Oh, man, yeah. this ability has been driving me nuts lately. Yes. Hey, welcome, Brandon. Thanks for joining us, man. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is something everyone has complained about ever since the Arcanist was introduced, right? Like this thing, it takes forever to break free out of. It's like you're sitting there spamming the button and your character's just not doing it. (laughs) It's it's the only (laughs) stun in the game that I just pull my hands up off my keyboard and mouse. Like, yep, just, just walk around for a couple of seconds. That's fine. We'll, we'll get to it. Yeah, it's like that fear animation has to complete before it lets you actually break out of it. Oh, man, it's it's so infuriating. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I mean, it causes you to die sometimes when you yeah. know you wouldn't have died otherwise. Yeah, especially when they throw that beam on top of you after you're just walking around. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully that's really fixed the way they say it is. That's great. And then in the week two notes, just yesterday, uh, the gibbering shield, the gibbering shelter morph uh, this morph's ally-targeted shield can uh, now can only trigger once every four seconds rather than once every second. Pretty big nerf to that ultimate right there. Yeah. So yeah, I've seen some uh, I've seen some Arcanist healers use this ultimate, and when they use when they use this ultimate, their team cannot be killed. They're just yeah. absolutely invincible because that shield. It's only like a four or five k shield, but it refreshes every single second. Brand new shield. Brand new shield. Brand new shield. Um, so now it's going to be every four seconds. I don't know, a four or five K shield that lasts four seconds. That still might not be bad, honestly. Not bad. It, it, the, the, probably the most surprising part about this for the Arcanist to me is that like, these were kind of their two of their, like two of their major abilities that were kind of going for them. And it, it seems like, a. and I'm not saying that the Arcanist full class is getting nerfed, but it, it does seem like a kind of a quick bring them back down to earth for still how new the class is. Yeah, just a little bit. I mean, honestly, the the gibbering shelter, most Arcanists do use the the other morph, the one mm. that does like re- retaliatory damage. Yeah, that's a, that's uh, a that's, popular one. That's the one most of them use, and that one's not getting touched. This is just like the, the defensive one. So, I mean, they're still going to be super strong, and their main damage shield ability that they spam all the time yeah. is not getting touched either, and that's the one that really needs looked at. Yes, that's actually the one I wish they would have nerfed that one, and, and I could have I could have handled this this ultimate shield. Yeah, because this is a 200 ultimate costing yeah. ability that only lasts 10 seconds, you know, so really not the worst thing. But yeah, the, the main spammable shield is the one that definitely mm-hmm. needs to be nerfed at some point. But it's still pretty early for that class, you know. They're probably going to let them shine probably all the way until next chapter, I imagine. Yeah, I would imagine, yeah. So that's it for Arcanist. Dragon Knight, um, the Inferno ability, that's the base ability of Cauterize and Flames of Oblivion. So now all versions of of that ability uh, give you your major crit buffs on both bars. So this this both bars thing they've been doing now. Um, so that's great. So whatever bar you put it on, you have your major crit buffs all the time. Mm-hmm. Pretty nice. And then uh, Molten Whip got a similar treatment. So you can build those Seething Fury stacks on either bar, no matter where you have it slotted. So I know for me personally, that that's huge for me. Like I'm very particular about like my bar arrangements and certain kinds of abilities need to be in certain kinds of places. And 
that that way, like I'm not really thinking about the buttons that I'm pushing. I'm just kind of going on reflex and all that stuff. And these sorts of little convenient things are really helpful for me to just get the bar set up just how I like it. I like mm-hmm. that. Uh, and then uh, in the week two notes, corrosive armor, corrosive armor ultimate. Here it is, people. Uh, this morph now disables ultimate generation while the ability is active. Welcome oh, to we the go. year of the leap. It is time. <laughs> Welcome. Come in. The water is fine. Mm-hmm. It's so going to be say great. that, uh, the dev comment says that corrosive has been too powerful since, uh, more sources of ult gen have been added to the game. DKs are just able to stay in corrosive for way too long. Um, I think they did a good thing here for one. I mean, corrosive. Yeah, it's, it's way too prevalent. I also like that. They didn't actually make it less powerful. They just yeah. made it. So you're, you're not going to be able to be in it as much, but when you yep. are in it, it's still the same corrosive. It's always been. I liked this change. I actually did some quite a bit of PVP with, with, uh, uncle Sam yesterday. And I liked this change before, but we ran into some situations yesterday where we both were just like, absolutely this change makes complete sense we we ran against a team there's three of them and one of them was a support healer giving ultimate and both the other teammates were dks and they were in corrosive leaping us and it was yeah so oppressive i, I mean i've caught, heard of i've heard of that me off guard oppressive uh and we both were like okay wow yes that completely makes sense now so that won't be possible anymore. And honestly, yeah, maybe this will nudge DKs to do something besides corrosive armor, perhaps. Yeah. But honestly, I, I think most change. most DKs probably will still stick with corrosive because it sure. is still super good. Yeah, it's a great ability, but I, I love this change. I think that yeah. it's still a very good ability, but um, it was Yeah, they good. didn't nerf it too hard. Yeah. Like it needed a nerf and they didn't nerf it too hard. That was, yes. that was great. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so let's see if Zoss listened to our last episode with our Necromancer wish list. Sure. Um, So, uh, the Bone Armor ability, they fixed an issue where the corpse generated from this ability had a chevron appear above it as if it were a living entity. And that is the end of the Necromancer notes. And really... That was my whole list for last last episode. That was my whole list for uh, for Necro. Was the Chevron was driving me nuts. And if you, yeah. as long as you get that fixed, Necro's back. Am I right? Like they're back in business. <laughs> so they basically just fixed a visual bug that I personally have never seen before, um, <laughs> and nothing else. That's, I've that's never it even Necro. noticed it. Never even noticed yeah. it. So we saw that total wet blanket of their class set that they're getting. That's just like nothing at all. And just like absolutely nothing for any kind of. I mean, quality of life or anything. I mean, it seems intentional at this point. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's got to be strategic at this point, right? Like the the patch next year is going to be some undead necro based where they're just going to like they're trying to get everybody off necro right now so that when they launch the patch or the the update or the the new content next year like nobody will have a necro ready for it like it's just going to be super necro themed and they're going to pull everybody back to the necros that everybody gave up on 
I mean, I hope you're right about that. I mean, it, it, we know it, it is always cyclical and, mm-hmm, you know, the, mm-hmm. the class that's on top, it's always someone different. So, yeah, it is only a matter of time. But, I mean, it seems like they're due. They're due. You know, and, they, and not even being on top, you know, like, we don't have to put them on top. Let's just put them in the middle somewhere. Yeah. Like, <laughs> just help them, up a, help them out a little bit. The only the only worrisome part to this, and I don't I don't think this would happen, is but but you know now that they've kind of like this year they seemingly got kind of back on track with content and released the Arcanists. Like if next year they come around and they release another class again or something, like oh boy, might be time just to delete the Necros. <laughs> yeah, like just necro, yeah. just let them go. Like they'll never come back if that's the case. We talked all about it on the last episode, so we won't hash it all out again, but it it really would not take much to just make them competitive, you know, like, I don't know, they don't really have to reinvent the class even, they just need some few little adjustments, give them some of the, like, the basic tools that all the other classes have, it wouldn't take much. Yeah. So, anyway, Necro got a visual bug fixed, Uh, Sork's basically got nothing, Nightblade's basically got nothing, they're both in great shape, so that's fine. Uh. Templar, uh, Radiant Glory, that's one of the morphs of the beam. That's the one that heals you while you're channeling the beam. So now it also restores Magicka while you're channeling, and it's based on your enemy's missing health. So you get more Magicka the less health they have. So a beam buff. Yeah. And then, uh, Jeez, and then yeah. the res- <laughs> Yeah. And then the restoring aura ability, that's the like the base ability of repentance that gives you those those three minor sustain buffs. Um, those sustain buffs will be granted on both bars now. So that's, that's nice. nice. Yeah, that's a nice Yeah, little, that's really nice. Nice little buff there. I don't know. I feel like this is probably the less used beam. You might be able to correct me on that, but I, I feel like this is probably the less used beam, so maybe they're trying to balance out the two morphs there. I think it actually does get used a fair amount. I mean, I use the other one. It does a little bit more damage, but I don't think it's a ton more damage. And the heal from this is actually pretty good. I think I think a fair number of people do use the the Healy Beam. I mean, that that what a great way for sustain right there. Your your main type of ability also giving you sustain. That's that's a nice little setup. Yeah, and it's a. Uh, I think it might be particularly attractive for Stamplars, you know, that might not be investing a ton into Magicka Sustain. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's it for Templar. That that one beam uh, morph gives you Magicka, uh, and then the Restoring Aura gives you those Sustain buffs on both bars. Uh, pretty cool. Uh, Warden, the Permafrost Ultimate, just, just that morph, uh, they reduce the damage per tick by about 60%. They say that is to account for the fact that the Glacial Presence passive buffs the Chilled status, uh, which causes this morph to do more damage than Northern Storm, which is Northern Storm is supposed to be the damage morph. This one's the the defensive morph. Yeah. So makes sense that they would they would do that. Does make sense. Seems like a huge nerf though, right? Sixty percent. That seems huge. And Jarl says we got caught, Sam. <laughs> yeah, sixty percent. But it has like a bunch of CC. It applies that chilled status. Yeah, still good. It, it's more, it, yeah, like you said, I think it's more defensive CC. Slow people down. But shouldn't shouldn't be doing more damage than the other one at the same time. I remember original Permafrost. I think it was mm-hmm. brutal. Mm-hmm. Freaking brutal. 
I think it Terrible. immobilized even. I think yeah. when it chilled you, it immobilized and slowed you down and did a ton of damage and gave, of course, everyone major protection. That thing was terrifying back in the day. Yeah, oh, it was. The, I mean, the wardens yes. were terrifying. Yeah, that's what I was about. I was just about to say, <laughs> say they, back in the day, wardens were, man, that was back in the day of the original sub-assaults and permafrost. Mm. Man, wardens were, uh, oof, they were a lot As, to handle back in the day. As good of a time as Wardens have had the past six months, there's still nothing compared to what they used to be. Yeah. Back in the old days, man, those 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 wreck and blow Wardens with the sub-assault and the permafrost, man, that was just, they were Originally, sub-assault, sub-assault originally would also stun you mm-hmm. on top of all, everything else that it does. The Cliff Racer was not dodgeable. Also, sub-assault did a way more damage than it does now. Oh, like, man. It does, it does not do nearly the damage it used to. And it didn't, it didn't have the... The two, you know, now it's like the two different cast thing. None of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got straight percentage damage done when you're with your animal companion ability slotted. Yeah, yeah, that's true too. It's made. Remember, and I, I remember. I was. I said lots of times on this podcast, like a year ago, like wardens are not bad. No, just no one's playing them. They're, they're <laughs> yeah. unpopular, but there's no way they're bad. Yeah, I re- like yeah. now. And now they're they're so popular and everyone like talks about how great they are. And it's like in some ways they're worse than they were a year yeah. ago, you know? Like, They've kind of brought them down so a bit, funny. but they got more popular. That's ex- that's very, yeah. very true. No. Anyway, um You know it hasn't been popular, it's the old necro. Necromancer. <laughs> they haven't been popular haven't since the uh the Mender nerf. I feel like that was the last time the Necros were really that feeling was really it. A, really yeah, feeling that was it really back a. then. Uh, so that's all the class changes. And then one last thing, the Fighters Guild, um, the Dawnbreaker Ultimate, they increased the conal size to one, 135 degrees instead of 120 degrees. So it's just a little wider. You might not whiff as many Donnies going forward. That's a good it change. Happens a lot. Yeah, I that's can a good change, those. man. People miss those things all the time. Ever since it's got that cast time, people miss mm-hmm. them constantly. That's a good. That's a nice good change. Yeah, yeah, that'll be good. I think Donnie needs it. And that's basically the patch. That's basically, you know, everything there is. We got the endless archive. We got the new class item sets. The the group finder tool that's not a lobby system. The all in one crafting stations. The jewelry crafting rebalance. Thank you. Thank you, Stoon. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, some uh, some class and ability changes. So what do you think? What are you looking forward to the most out of this? You these, know, these, these notes here. I don't know if this will sound wacky or not, but as a, as a DK main, DK is my favorite class. The thing I'm probably most excited about is the corrosive nerf. Uh, <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was talking to Uncle Sam when I was playing with him the other day about this, that for the longest time on my character, I mean, Lord of Nords, he's the Lord of Leaping himself, but like, uh-huh. I've always struggled with like knowing the fact that it's like, if I threw Corrosive on this build, it would just be better. Like, it just would be. Right. And now they've taken that, they've taken that decision away from me. Like, I, I feel much better about it going forward that it's like, I can keep Leap on there. I don't have to lose sleep over it. Uh, I, I don't like how Corrosive has kind of taken over DK's. Um, I like now that it's like you said, like, you know, like we said, it's still very good. There's a lot of builds that will absolutely still use Corrosive very effectively, but DKs are going to 
differentiate a lot more now, and and I think that's just good for the class. So I, I weirdly enough, the the as a DK main, the DK nerf, I'm excited about. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to that too. I'm with you. I mean, I'm not a DK main, but I do think real DKs leap. I mean, I know yes. I know corrosive corrosive's the way to go, but I mean, come on, if you're not leaping as a DK, what are you even doing? Real DKs leap. I have that poster on my wall right behind me. Real <laughs> DKs leap. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, well, I think I, the jewelry crafting rebalance, that's the thing for me. That's I mean, never again going to settle for blue jewelry. That's a thing of the past. Yeah. Beautiful. That's a that is a great. You know what? The next the, the the only other great change that they can do from that just in regards to to crafting is to fix the the dual wield for the two-handed change where the, you know, make Make the, the single-handed items take four of a gold item instead of the full Oh, yes. You are right. Yeah. Dual wield or like one-handed weapons need to take half as many upgrades. Yes. Now. They need to fix that. But, but this, is, percent agree. this is a great step in the right direction of jewelry crafting seems like, especially from someone in, in my uh, economical status in ESO. Like, <laughs> <laughs> This is great. Like me and Sam yeah. are rejoicing in the streets on this. We may be able to go out, gold out some jewelry. Like it may happen. Oh, I just love the fact. Like if I'm wanting to use uh, jewelry pieces from a DLC dungeon set, I can just do it on normal, no big deal. I don't have to farm it on veteran, you know, to save gold or whatever. Or, or or just how about like I mean, for the longest time, if it's a crafting, like if you're going to throw a crafting set on your build. Like we all just default to like, okay, like you can't do, you can't do the jewelry of the crafting set. Like that can't, that can't do it. That's true. That didn't even cross my mind. Yeah. You can yeah. totally just craft all you want now. No yeah. Deal. If you've got a crafting yeah. set on your build, it can be the jewelry now going forward. It's, it's going to be true. It's going to take me a while to like get that out of my <laughs> head. Like, no, I can totally just craft the jewelry. You can it's, just craft no the problem. jewelry. Not a problem yeah. anymore. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe I didn't think of that. Uh, and I also have to say, I, I do like this idea of the Endless Archive. I think that's going to be a really good addition to mm -hmm. the game. I think it's going to be really neat. I also think it's very cool that you can do it solo or in a duo. I think that's going to be a really neat addition. Yeah, I think it's going to be a pretty popular thing. They got the leaderboards all kind of going for it. There's all this like special currency. I mean, I know a lot of people are going to be after some of these sets. You can like some of the stuff that you can buy from those vendors is really, really valuable stuff. I mean, I'm wondering if, like, I might, like, one of the things they say you can buy from the vendor is uh, crafting mats. I wonder if you can use that currency to buy um, alchemy mats. Because uh, that might be pretty nice. That might be a way for me to solve my tripod issue. Oh, yeah. That's, that'd be nice. Yeah, that's the next fix, right? Is the Columbine fix. <laughs> oh, man. We need it. Or, uh, just uh, if we could have alliance tripods that we can just buy with alliance points. Oh man! Like be, I'm golden. It would be amazing. I'd be golden. Although you need to not wish for that day, because I will. I will become the largest beggar in the world for you to be buying me pots at that point with your with your <laughs> thirty million uh, uh, alliance currency. I'll just you know, hey Kent, what uh, can, you, can you hit me up with some hit me up with some pots on the side? Hey. Could happen. You know. <laughs> sometimes, you, sometimes you catch me in a generous mood. Just be, I'll be, I'll be on disc with you. Just sending you whispers. Got any extra pots? <laughs> like, are you whispering me, White, right <laughs> yeah. now? Are you whispering me at, at this moment as we're talking? 
playing a bunch of BGs like usual. It's a uh, Crazy King weekend. Is it over? It ended this morning, right? Yes, I think so. I saw some some uh, screenshots in the in the Discord of of some of some death matches. Okay, wow, they do exist. They're out there. We'll say you know, Crazy King. I feel like exactly neutral towards crazy king as a as a game mode i don't hate it i, I mean i wish it was deathmatch but otherwise it's like ah, i'll take a crazy king yeah no big deal it's not the worst one out there it's not the worst one it's not the worst one at least the matches last a good long time i really you know enjoyed bgs this weekend it, it wasn't i really wasn't even hardly aware that it was crazy king weekend because it's such a weird mode you know like people can't really build for it all that well people are kind of running around a lot is very scattered yeah you kind of end up finding a lot of little one-off skirmishes here and there it's not a lot of not a lot of dog piling really happening at least not in the solo queue probably my biggest complaint to this weekend is the arena map that when it's ah, when it's non-death match it's just it's just a cyrodiil sized bg map <laughs> it's enormous oh it really it's huge. a little too big that's probably my biggest complaint over over to the Crazy King weekend. Um, I've been spending time on Butch Mahoney, who is my other Orc Templar. Uh, I have two Orc Templars for uh, for reasons. Don't <laughs> for worry reasons. about it. <laughs> Don't question uh, <laughs> it. Butch has been on a bit of a journey. Um, I've kind of been in this situation where you know, ever since hybridization. Uh, Betsy has basically become the perfect Templar. Yeah. And um, I've been trying things with Butch because I love this character, just like his personality and his look and everything. He's he's amazing. Uh, and I don't want him <laughs> to just be sitting there going to waste. And, and in fact, Joral, shout out to Joral in the chat right now. He's the one that said so. He's like, dude, you got to get a good build for Butch because he's such a good looking tune. He's your best looking character. You got to show him <laughs> off. And I'm like, Joral, you're making a lot of sense. So uh, that's exactly what I've been doing, and I've tried a bunch of different things with him. I've uh, I've done the beam plar, like the ranged uh, mag plar. I've tried a ranged stam plar. I've tried like oaken soul builds. Um, none of it really jives with me. I'm really not into range plar as a play style, honestly. Like if I'm a if I'm a templar, I got to be jabbing. That's just plain it's and way, simple. It's the way to do it. Yep. Um. So I basically just kind of stopped resisting, you know, making him like Betsy. You know, I'm, I'm not making a clone copy of Betsy, but I'm using a lot of the things that I like about Betsy's build uh, and putting them in this build, but but then also doing a lot of different things. And I'm really making Butch a lot more uh, team-oriented. He's a, he's a bit more geared for, you know, when we're grouping up and trying to get sweaty on a Friday night, you know, Butch has a little bit more to bring to a team than Betsy does. Uh, and Betsy's kind of. She's always been a little bit more sort of solo focused as a build. Mm -hmm. um, so I think Butch is nearly locked in here. His build right now, right now is a uh, Phoenix Moth Therge as a double bar set, uh, Wretched Vitality as a front bar set with a lightning staff, uh, Black Rose Prison dual wield on the back bar, Gaze of Sithis Mythic Helm and One Piece Magma Incarnate. Cats meowing in the background. <laughs> so this um this phoenix moth set uh, as a reminder it's a medium overland set it comes from galen which is that tiny island just north of high isle 
Uh, it gives you two lines of stam recovery and one line of max stamina. And then the five piece is uh, when you heal yourself or an ally, you give them minor courage and minor force for 10 seconds. Uh, and it has a 12 second cooldown per target. And that, that per target cooldown, I think, is what makes it extra nice. Uh, but basically, I just wanted to use a support set that isn't Rally and Cry, because there's almost always sure. Rally and Cry in the group. Yeah. Um, especially if we're you know doing pre-mades and stuff, then very certainly uh, Rally and Cry is in the group. So Phoenix Moth is just uh, something you know I can make sure everyone has minor courage and minor force, and that's kind of covered amongst the group. And plus, if I'm you know on my own playing solo, that's a pretty juicy amount of damage just for myself as well. Yeah. He's a he's a very much a hybrid build. So he's using the stamina morph of jabs. He's using the the stamina morph of the the rune armor buff. Uh, but then his attributes are in Magicka, and he's using the Atronach. Uh, Mundus Stone for Magicka Sustain. So it's all kind of the, the the indicators that you would look at to kind of identify, is this a Magicka or a Stamina build? It's all mixed up. It's kind of hard to tell. It's all over um, the place. Yeah, but it works really well. He's not a he's not a vampire, so he has really good Sustain, so I'm kind of able to, to split those Sustain investments between Magicka and Stamina. Uh, whereas like on Betsy, for example, any Sustain investment is just going to be into Stamina you know, beyond wretched because she has that vampirism. I really can't spread it too thin, but, but Butch can afford to kind of spread it out a bit. Uh, it's kind of nice. Uh, having the black rose dual wield on the back bar is really nice because, um, blade cloak, it works a lot like, or it works like, um, a wall of elements where it'll keep your back bar glyphs procked on cooldown. Uh, even when you're on your front bar, so it makes it just really, really easy. I use a poison and flame glyphs on my on my back bar dual wield weapons, uh, and I don't even have to consciously think about them getting procked or not. I just go and attack someone, and as long as blade cloak is glowing or <laughs> is going, um, those those glyphs are just going to keep getting procked. Um, so that's really nice. Uh, he's using three swift again. He's not a vampire, so he doesn't have that extra defense. He doesn't have access to mist form. Um, so having three swift on the jewelry, that extra movement speed to help him stay alive, I think is really good. He's using the quick cloak, um, uh, morph, uh, of, of blade cloak for the major expedition. So he's very, very speedy. Don't let his look fool you. He, he, when you look at old butch, you wouldn't think he's the speediest, but he's, he's got a little, <laughs> he's got a little gas in the tank. He's a big boy, but yeah, he's light on his feet. Yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> exactly. He's fun. <laughs> he's fun to watch. <laughs> Um, his offense is very similar to old Betsy's. It's not exactly the same, but he does use those AOE stacking AOE pulses. So he has the blade cloak. He has solar barrage. He has the crescent sweep ultimate He's using jabs as a spammable, uh, but he does not have blood mist, uh, in its place. He's using the beam. That's right. He's using the beam. Mm hmm. And then he has toppling charge and, uh, and like Betsy, he's not using power of the light. I, I was using it for a while, but you know, still I just can't justify it. Even after they they unnerfed it a bit, it's still it's really not great. You know, you, so, uh, Betsy's Betsy's your pure Templar, no beam. You know, does things right. Butch Butch ain't afraid to get his hands dirty with the beam. That's just yeah, and you know, I mean, I feel. That's kind of part of the motivation for me getting this build together in the first place. Is like I want to. I want a Templar that's not Betsy that I can put the beam on because, you know, like 
like I said, if, if we're grouping up, I'm trying to be the best build I can be for the group. You know, yep. I can be the executioner. I can be backup heals. I'm also helping everyone uh, have some extra damage and that kind of stuff as well. It just makes sense to have the beam in there. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm not. I'm not doing everything I could do for the for the success of the group. But yeah, you're right. Like on Betsy, that's a hang up of mine. Like, no, I don't want to do that on this character. <laughs> like, I just I don't feel right about it. <laughs> But yeah, if I'm just doing a direct comparison between Butch and Betsy, um, I think if you take Betsy and you take away Vampire, you add the beam, and you replace Deadly Strikes with a support set, and then switch your attributes to Magicka, you have Butch. It's pretty much pretty much uh, <laughs> the situation there. In a 1v1 fight, Betsy would win easily. It wouldn't even be a contest. She has way more damage uh, just for herself. Uh, plus, she's she's a vampire, so she takes way less damage. Uh, it wouldn't even be a fight between Betsy and Butch, but uh, but in a group, Butch brings a lot more to the table, and I think you know overall, um, a, a group would rather have Butch than Betsy, probably if given the choice. So, so there you go. That's Butch Mahoney. Um, I'll put a screenshot in the Discord for anyone who hasn't seen him yet. He's he's the best thing about the dude is the the look. He's just got oh, this yeah. look that you wouldn't believe, man. He's so it's good. fantastic. He's he's, um, he's the first one that's going to have a sea mount in ESO. It's going to Oh yeah, he's got a sea and <laughs> uh he likes to drink Coors because it's that's what he can afford. If he, if he's if it, if it's payday, he's drinking, you know, Budweiser Red Label. Yeah, the bud um, but, the bud heavy. He's a bud heavy yeah, guy. He's a bud heavy man. <laughs> he's he's a heavy man, you know. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but uh the rest of the time it's Coors cuz that's that's just all he's got money for. <laughs> sure. uh all right that's the only build i have to talk about davis what do you got man so you know it's it's been a minute since i've come up with just i feel like a completely uh wacky build and so it was time right it was time to come up with a completely off the wall wacky build uh so so yeah so the idea that i've come up with is is the my necro my my magcro uh the never-ending nord um, I really, I've had this character on the shelf for a while and, and I've been trying to come up with an idea and with the name never ending Nord, really the theme that I've been going for is like, I feel like this character just has to be unkillable. It's gotta be a character that just can just survive anything extremely hard to kill. It's always kind with of been, that name, with yeah. that name you have no choice. Yeah. You know? it's, it's because if you die, you know what the whisper is going to be. Oh, yeah. Right? 100%. <laughs> I'm expecting so. it at that point. And so it's kind of been this thing of like, that's always been the the sub-theme of this build. It's like, whatever I do with it, I want it to be unkillable, last forever, you can't kill it. I want this to be the character that, you know, in a fight, you just give up. Like, I'm not going to fight this guy. And so I've really, the most recent idea I've kind of put together, and I've already started collecting sets, I'm pretty close to to getting this completely done and, and in some bgs for testing but just a a health proc build uh and i can do it now because now most of these sets are not popular anymore couldn't do it when they were popular back in the day gotta sure. be the off, off the wall build but uh I, i've the the idea with a, of the build would be um five piece crimson twilight two piece scourge harvester uh one piece trainee one piece Drew's braid um and then i actually that's the only part of the the build and so kind of kind of a different than what I usually do when I talk about builds I's kind of like here's the build this is the idea 
I kind of wanted to open this up kind of for me and you to kind of discuss what the potential best option, because I really have the weapon slot open. I could do an arena weapon. I could do a two-piece to maybe get more health. But the idea of the build is just full health, Crimson Twilight, you know, that procs off max health, Scourge Harvester procs off max health. Um, it is a Oaken Soul build. I do have the Oaken Soul on there. Uh, it is a Nord, so the idea is to, to really get um, the ultimate up. And really, with that max health, with the Crimson Twilight, the Scourge Harvester, and if I can get that Ravenous Goliath, that's really where the pressure of the build is going to be. Um, just kind of some quick tool, tool tips. In Goliath form, so, so you know, take that with a, with a grain of salt, but in Goliath form, uh, the, tool tith of the, the tool tip of the Crimson is uh, 12,000, uh, a 12,000 proc. Um, the Scourge Harvester is a uh, 2,000 damage every second proc. And then the Goliath proc is um, a 5,500 damage per second proc. And so with the three of those in Goliath form, I think that's really where the pressure would be. Um, and then kind of the unkillable part is one, you know, just the amount of health that the build would have. But the kind of what I'm working with the spammable would be the scythe. And the scythe basically has a heal attached to it that is scales off your max health. So the tooltip of the of the hungry scythe is uh, in Goliath form, it's a 15k heal and then an additional 5,000 heal for every additional enemy. And even not in Goliath form, every time I do that scythe, it's a it's a 9k heal with a 3k additional heal for everybody. So just kind That's of really good. Yeah, just throwing one of those out there, it's almost kind of takes care of your burst heal. Um, so I think it would be pretty easy. I have the necrotic potency. Um, that's also a very, very good heal. That's a 5k heal um, every one second for two seconds for per corpse. But the big piece to that is that is a great ability to really build your ultimate up quicker. So, oh, you know, yeah. the Oaken Soul, the Nord. Well, like the, six ultimate per corpse, isn't it? Yep. Plus six. the passive that generates ultimate when you drain a corpse. Yep, exactly. And so uh, really trying to build the ultimate to get to that Goliath form. Uh, I've got blast bones on there. I've got the uh, the siphon that is the AOE. But one of the one of the struggles with this build with just going full health, like everything into health, because that's kind of what it's about, is that sustain is not great, max stats are not great, and so kind of my idea has been to really focus on abilities that aren't going to take a lot from my sustain. So the necrotic potency free ability, the mystic siphon free ability, but it also gives some magicka sustain back. Uh, you know, uh, blast bones and intensive mender are on the bar. Um, you know, with with all the passives, those abilities can get pretty cheap, pretty low cost. Uh, and then you know, the the scythe being the spammable, and also the heal, you're kind of getting two abilities in one. I, I don't have, I, I haven't finished kind of the full idea of what the weapon would be. Uh, one of the ideas I have would be the Vatishran Sword and Shield, where when you when you block. Um, or use a you know use a bash ability it pulls everybody in, um, but yeah just kind of uh, it, it's not a finished idea but I kind of wanted to talk about the idea it's very off the wall one of my for sure off the wall builds. What about um, Maelstrom Frost F be pretty good use Wall of Frost and then you could block with Magicka if you wanted to. Ooh that's not a bad idea plus that's that's a a flat uh, 
a flat damage buff to that so it doesn't go off of my regular stats. Yeah, Uncle said Uncle Sam says it's a little expensive. Yeah. yeah. I, I I my my favorite really the best description of the wackiness of this build is that, you know, me and Sam hopped on and we were, you know, he said he had a build idea and I said I had a build idea and so we were gonna trade build ideas. And I threw this build idea at him and his answer was just so perfect. He was like, you know what, this is so not a usual build. I don't even know. He was like, I, I don't even know where to like plug this one in on where it would fit in. He was like, I don't even know how to scale this on what would work. So that's exactly yeah, what I I'm guess, looking uh, for what is, in a uh, wackiness build. <laughs> I mean, is this a healer or like what what's your goal with the build? I think I think the goal would be, you know, kind of probably a a support brawler. I don't think it's gonna get a lot of heals other than healing itself, but if it can be, okay. if it can kind of be someone to take a lot of damage and and drain a lot of resources from enemy teams, but um, but also provide enough AOE pressure that when it's in that Goliath form, the Crimson's proccing, the Scourge Harvester's proccing, that it could actually throw out a lot of damage to kind of help the team. I I think that's probably where it's at. It's that kind of that brawler support. Um. But I don't know. I, I mean, I'll be 100% honest. I, I like the idea of the build. It really fits to kind of what I want to do with the build. Never ignored. I think the not dying part is covered with the setup. Yeah. I don't know if the actual, like, other than not dying, I don't know if anything else helpful is covered. Uh, hopefully, it would be enough damage and enough pressure to help. But I don't know. I think I'm just going to have to throw it together and see if there's really potential there. Uh, but I need to figure out need to figure out that weapon piece to see if there's something that maybe I'm not thinking about or something that could that could potentially help with that but but yeah um, I, I, I mean it, there's always a black rose dual wield and click quick cloak you know that, hey <laughs> you know what that ain't a bad idea because one of the one of the struggles with this build is speed like yeah um you know with with all of those kind of aoe pressure abilities uh, if people run away or, or outrun me, I don't have a way to kind of track them down. And so that ain't a bad idea. Plus, that's a 6% buff to all damage. Yeah, it's such a good mythic or uh, arena weapon. That ain't bad. That might be that might be the way to go. It'd be a stamina cost, so it wouldn't really pull from my magicka resources. Uh, major evasion. I mean, major evasion will make you even more unkillable. I mean, even tankier. Hopefully by the next episode, I'll have some testing of this, but I do love the idea of using Crimson Twilight after it's extremely unpopular now. That's, yeah. that's I am all about that. As, uh, as sick as we were of it yeah. at one point in time. Now nobody uses it, uh, but I feel, like, I feel like with the setup, like a 12K Crimson Twilight proc, that's pretty good. Because yeah, yeah. the thing about Crimson Twilight is that you heal for 100% of the damage. So like, the unkill the reason I say the unkillable part is there is the Crimson Twilight proc. You're healing for a hundred percent of that damage. You know, like I said, the scythe numbers are huge. They just throw that out there as a heal. You've got the intensive bender up. The necrotic potency is another great heal. Um Scourge Harvester is not a bad heal, and it gives you that vitality, right? Scourge Harvester is another one where you heal for all the damage it does. And yeah, you're exactly right. You get major vitality from that. So you're only boosting. Major your vitality. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I think I think survivability is covered. It's just can I do enough pressure where the build 
is uh is effective yeah i think you could uh i think you could be useful with that build like uh just kind of be like an annoying tank just kind of mm-hmm. get in everyone's face and draw aggro and try to take pressure off your team the the you know we we always go back to i know i know you'll remember this it's been a minute since we've mentioned it but the the most ultimate bg tank we've ever run into right was the old jumping skeleton <laughs> that night blade <laughs> yes we couldn't get around him he was always in our way he was always in front of us he was absorbing all of our hits if i can get something along that where i'm just i'm taking all the hits getting in the way really being a shield while also throwing some pressure out there for the team i think this could potentially be a, a, an effective build but i i really am excited to get the build put together just to kind of test it out just to see like is this something that could work yeah, it's just fun just to be like, yeah, I can't kill me. You know? Yeah, <laughs> I, I honestly, the Goliath, the the fifty five hundred damage every second on top of the 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 Scourge Harvester and the Crimson. I think that's that realistically, that's probably when it's in the Goliath form. That's probably the only time it's actually going to be really turning the pressure on, and then it's going to be kind of a more of a on the defensive side when you're not in Goliath form, but. This is gonna be this is gonna be your objective mode build. <laughs> no, I refuse. I will not have an objective mode build. Uh, if this build be is good. A, it'd be a, a perfect objective yeah. mode build. Sounds like if this build is in a chaos ball match, I refuse to pick up the chaos ball. I won't do it. Not happening. Um, Jor will put a standard troll tank link in there. He so said maybe you might get yeah. some ideas out of it. I want to look at that. That's that's the biggest thing is that like the the never ending part covered. I just want to make sure it's not only never ending. I want to make sure there's at least enough pressure where if you've got this build on your team, you're you're getting some sort of benefit out of it. So this tune is due too. It's been a while. Yeah, done something with him. He hasn't been he hasn't been doing anything for a while. Yeah. Cool man. What else you got? So you know we can't. You know it's been too long since I've talked about old Lord of Nords. My my Stam DK. It's been it's I miss been a, him. It's been a full episode. You know I didn't talk about him last episode. So you want a full episode without getting talked about? I miss this roided out <laughs> big old lug. That's right. <laughs> um, but kind of kind of the same thing about the last build. Kind of a, a different. You know usually I'll come on here and talk about the build and kind of say this is what's working. I really like it. Kind of a different. I kind of want to open up. Kind of open up the notebook for for the Lord of Nords build. Uh, just cause there's, I really blame you for this. I, I need you to know oh, that you, you get a I'm lot sorry. of blame for this. <laughs> okay. You're already apologizing. <laughs> you, you've really pointed out to me with my, my stamina warden. I won't even go into that build, but, but the, my stamina warden, the point blank snipe build is just the perfect bar setup. Like it's the ideal one bar setup. I've got all the tools I need. And so I, I've done quite a few BGs with Lord of Nords lately, and I find myself kind of being envious of that Warden Point Blank Snipe build setup. Of I find DK, I find Dragonites to be tough to do one bar. It's difficult. And, and so yeah. that's, kind of, that's kind of where I'm going. So first of all, let me just start off with Lord of Nords build. It's, it's the five-piece Coral Riptide. That's basically the lower the stamina, the higher the weapon damage. And then it's two-piece Bloodspawn. One piece trainee, one piece Druid's braid, and then the uh, Black Rose Prison dual wield uh, spectral cloak. And so, the kind of where the envious part comes in is is that 
you know, on the on the stamina warden, the the perfect one bar build setup. It's it's the really high damage spammable, you know, the AOE sub assault, and then I have my vigor heal over time, my polar wind burst heal, and then I have my defensive ability, the shimmering shield. So it's kind of everything. Really, with Lord of Norns, I kind of want to just. I've really been trying to look at like trying to make it more of that type of setup, you know. Um, the deep breath would kind of be the substitute for the sub assault. Um, yeah. The quick cloak is kind of my substitute for the shimmering shield. Um, mm-hmm. Coag is my substitute for the burst heal. And then leap is kind of my substitute for the, the bow alt, which I know those aren't on the same page, but uh, still high damage abilities, you know, get ults pretty often. Not near the finishing power, but but it's there. Um, but kind of where it, you know, it starts changing is that instead of Vigor, I have uh, Whip, uh, and I do the Molten Whip, so I stack the weapon damage. And then instead of kind of a high damage spammable, I do the Noxious Breath. And I think that's where I've really been trying to look at it is, is with my setup, you know, do I want to try to swap that out to where a higher damage spammable instead of the breath as an AOE spammable, and then maybe try to swap the uh, the whip spot out. I don't know. Maybe whip might end up, you know, maybe the other morph of whip ends up being the spam. I don't know. But those two abilities are kind of two damage abilities and swapping one of those out for kind of an ash cloud. So I think ash cloud would be a perfect heal over time ability. And on the DK, when you use, and that's this is another part, I don't use an Earthen Heart ability. And we talked about these new sets coming out where I need to get an Earthen Heart ability on there. But even in the in the passives of a DK, you know, when you use that Earthen Heart ability, you get that damage buff. You get that minor brutality, which is huge. And I that's a huge passive that I don't have ability to take a, a advantage of. And so yeah. I, I kind of wanted just to Really, I, I don't have a plan. This is kind of the difference in the two builds I'm talking about is they're very open-ended right now, but that's kind of where I'm going is that, is that with how well the bar setup is on my warden, and, and it's not completely transferable, but I almost wonder if I should somehow switch out the whip and the noxious breath of trying to find kind of more of a heavy, high-damage spammable and then find a way to put Ash Cloud on there, and then I could have a high-damage spammable Ash Cloud and Coag for my heals, the Deep Breath for kind of my delayed burst, and then Leap for the finisher. But I'm worried that it wouldn't be enough damage. You could do uh, just just ideas. Instead of Ash Cloud, you could do the other morph of Fossilized Shattering Rocks. It heals you whenever people break out of it. So there's another heal there. Nice. And then you could use the other whip, the Flame Lash. As the spammable? As your spammable. That's what I've thought. I've thought about going I've thought about going flame lash for the spammable. It you know, at that point I'd probably have to focus a little bit more into Magicka on the build, but That's true. But I, I don't know if that would necessarily be a huge change because I already do deep breath and coag, which is Magicka and Yeah, and, what if you do this? Forget the whip. Uh uh wrecking blow. Get that major berserk. Ooh. I mean, what's a more wreck and blow style character than old Lord of North? Yeah, that you might be seeing. But then is... you, but then you can't do uh, Black Rose dual wield anymore. 
but that opens that up for some other thing that some other ability. Yeah, that frees up another bar spot. So See, I don't know. These are these are the struggles <laughs> with the DK one. Or uh, or keep the black rose dual wield uh, and do um, rapid strikes as you're spammable. I've thought about that. Rapid strikes obviously would not be not be bad at all. That's a great ability. Um, and then you know, like if if I am worried about damage, I've even contemplated switching to the other morph of leap. My only my only worry about that, and I think you would agree with me on this, is that. Especially on this build, I use leap as such a reset. Like I'll leap somebody just to reset the fight. Yeah, if you're not gonna have vigor slotted, I think you should keep that one. Yeah, just because it it's such a I can throw it down. That damage shield lasts long enough for me to kind of heal back up, get my resources. I use it such as a, a fight reset. But um, but yeah, so you know a a lot of potential and and you know, really a lot of question marks I'm throwing out here, but really what a lot of this stems from is just the, the big thing is with Lord and Lords right now, his build's been so kind of locked in place, but um, there's just been a couple things, like I've been playing with him, you know, here recently, and I just, I, you know, anytime you play with a build for a long, long time, it's like, can there, can, is there a change out there that could potentially you know, add a little bit more sauce, one more layer. And that's kind of what I'm, where I'm at with Lord of Nords. He's been locked in place for so long that I really kind of want to look and analyze and see if there's some potential changes. And the more I play with my, my one bar warden, and maybe, you know, maybe it's just unrealistic to compare those two, but the more I play with my one bar warden, I really like that, that, that bar setup and kind of all the tools that I've talked about. And it's, and it, it when you is, can mimic that pretty easily, you yeah. know, like, uh, just uh, vigor, coagulate, inhale, and whatever spammable, mm -hmm. and that's that's it pretty much. Off to play around with it, but it uh, it's a good problem to have. Like his current setup yeah. is very nice, but I like the idea of there's there's some potential changes I can have where don't really necessarily have to change the sets, but working with that one bar, like trying to make that more mimic a more. Uh, you know, because that's the thing is it's like part of the changes that I worry about is that if I make changes to the bars, it can take away from his tankiness. So that that's really like open-ended questions, but it's just something I kind of want to talk about. I thought it'd be kind of neat to both these builds, very open-ended questions, but I kind of want to just share where my brain is at with with these potential changes coming. I haven't, haven't finalized anything, but uh, it's kind of exciting to kind of go through and think through these changes and potential options. Yeah, well, you got a lot of good options. I mean, luckily DK is just, you know, just throw some random abilities on the bar and it'll probably be <laughs> it'll decent work, at least. It'll work out just fine. We have some emails. Man, the emails have been just kind of coming in here lately. It's been pretty awesome. Scrollingpodcast at gmail.com. That is our email address. You can... uh can send us anything you like, uh, ideas for the show, questions, things you'd like to hear us talk about. Could be unrelated to ESO, if you'd like it to be. Every episode, Davius is going to pick his favorite email of the bunch, and we're going to give them a gold prize. Um, this week, I was planning, planning to do 150k, um, but thanks to Jim, uh, he's, not on a, he's not on the PC in a server. He told us to just pay it forward, so we're going to add last week's 275 to that. So, uh, so it's going to be, uh, I think, 425K that we're giving away. Get a little spicy. You can thank Jim for that. First email comes from Dudagon. Dudagon says, hi, 
If you are currently listening to Cat read this email and you are not part of the Discord, stop what you're doing. Email <laughs> scrollingpodcast at gmail.com and ask for an invite. <laughs> That's great advice. Uh, Dadagon says, since I won 250k uh, PC gold that I can't access, uh, the first five PC NA players to join the Discord and say hi gets 50k until that runs out. We just got oh, gold all right. flying all over the place here. It's just it's it's everywhere. Gold going left, going right. But be sure and claim that because I'm not keeping track of that. So you got to say, hey, give me that 50K and then <laughs> go in your way. Datagon goes on to say, even if you aren't on PCNA, send that email and join the Discord. I promise you won't regret it. Well, you might if you don't like fun or Nords. I don't believe those people exist. <laughs> people that don't like Nords, those, those people don't exist. They're not out there. Yeah. There are some people who don't like fun, but they do like yes. Nords. There's definitely people out there who don't like fun, but nobody that doesn't like a Nord. Yeah. But there you go. That's all Dodagon has to say. So just offering some gold, 50K to the next five PCNA players that join the Discord. Scrollingpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks to Dodagon. <laughs> GrizzlyCon leaves and rejoins Discord five times. <laughs> it counts. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> no. Oh, shout out Grizzly Khan. He found the loophole. <laughs> uh, always finding that loophole. <laughs> Next email comes from Ultramain. Ultramain says, found your podcast since getting back into ESO with the Necrom release. Been learning a ton about the game, listening to you guys, and the pod is really entertaining to listen to. I was hoping to join the guild on PCNA as well as the Discord. And those things have already come to pass. Uh, good, Ultraman good, good. is in the guild, is in the Discord. So Very nice. Done and done. But no question. That's all that email. Thanks for writing in, Ultraman. Yeah. Next email comes from Derpin Stuff. Great name, dude. <laughs> Very good. Derpin, Derpin Stuff says, uh, my good friend Redhead Monster recommended me your podcast, and I've really enjoyed the episodes. Uh, your off-meta builds are music to my ears, and I will certainly be trying a few of them. Betsy sounds awesome. You're damn right. Uh, and the point-blank stand-in build sounds right up my alley. I mainly play a DK with Redhead Monster healing the crap out of me, making the sweaty matches a bit more bearable. Listening through the podcast, you've reminded me of the Gaze of Sithis Hel uh, the Gaze of Sithis Helm. Uh, on builds where you're using it, are you also utilizing the vampire skill line specifically for the undeath passive or going as a mortal? On a final side note, Stoon's Goons Guild has been officially formed on Xbox NA by Dedagon and Redhead Monster. I'm the proud third member. Please keep your wonderful podcast coming. Looking forward to your thoughts and discussion on Update 40. Cheers, Derp and Stuff. Derp and Stuff. Just rolls off the top. Still learning how to read, guys. It's hard. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Grizzly says, shout out to our Xbox branch of the Stoons Goons. Yeah, yeah we've, we've gone cross-platform at this point. You know, we're, all, yeah. we're, we're everywhere. Can't get rid yeah, of us. We're all Empire's over Empire's expanding. Taggart, welcome to the chat, dude. Just in time for, you know, the end. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect timing, dude. Uh, so to answer the question, the question was uh, on the builds that we use, the Gaze of Sithis Helm, are we also using Vampire? For me, it's a mix. It's not really a factor that uh, makes me decide on using a Vampire or not. Like It's usually like other factors of the build that make me decide on that. So 
Uh, Betsy is a vampire. She uses the Sithis Helm. But my other Templar that I talked about earlier, uh, he's also a Templar, but he's not a he's not a vampire. So, um, and he he uses the Sithis Helm as well. So it's just different factors. Um, and in fact, not being a vampire might be a good reason to use it because you get that extra defensiveness that kind of compensates mm. for not being a vampire. Covers the passive. That's yeah, that's yeah. a good point. Um, anything to add to that? No. Well, once again, appreciate the email. Appreciate the the kind words. Uncle Sam says two thirds of his Sithis Helm builds aren't vampires. Uh, and then last email comes from Jason. Jason says, Hey guys, I look forward to your podcast. It's probably my favorite ESO podcast. What's this probably talk? Jason? <laughs> uh, I'm on Xbox EU. Look at that Xbox EU. We're all over the place. We're, guys. We're, yeah. We're just spreading to all servers. Uh, he said he's holding out for server transfer options because I've already started over, uh, once when switching, when switching from PS4 to Xbox. Uh, and I really don't think I have the energy to level again and acquire gear on PC. And then uh, Jason asks if he can have a Discord invite so he can chat about builds. ESO theory crafting is so much fun. Heck yep, yeah. That's true. Cheers, Jason. Yeah. Thanks for writing. So just a bunch of emails, man. I had to like turn people away. I had to like tell people like, all right, man, this podcast, this episode is going to be way too long. We're going to have to read yours on the next one. That's the first time I've ever had to do that. That's, I mean, we've uh, gone from joking about an email streak that actually didn't exist to you actually had too many emails this week. I had, this is the first time we've ever had too many emails. New streak. Episode. New streak. Too many email streak. Uh, pretty awesome. Like, uh, I know, I know you 100% agree with this, but it, it's just we appreciate so much people emailing in and and saying like there's always kind words with them. There's always fun questions. Like the emails here lately have been so much, so much fun, and so much appreciated. Oh yeah, I always I always get like a major dopamine hit whenever I get a little you know notification on my phone and I see that it's uh someone emailing that you know our our scrolling podcast email address. I'm like ooh. That. we're a real podcast <laughs> we're, we're real uh, just awesome oh. uh we have a guild the guild's name is stoons goons it whoa, is whoa, literally whoa, 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 whoa. oh wait what whoa. oh no no no, no. Whoa, my bad whoa, whoa. oh i've my got gosh. A, i've got a choice to make here uh i was trying to save some gold davis yeah i saw messed, i knew what up. you I knew what you were trying to do. Try the old okay. slip it under the table. The old, all right, fine. <laughs> all right, who's your favorite? Well, I, I'm going to pick uh, Ultramane, and that's okay. mainly because, and, and this may, you know, judge me if you will. You know, send in the email if you disagree with my methods. But Ultramane's the only <laughs> email that can receive the gold. So... I have my wacky ways, but that's what I'm going to go with this week. All right. Uh, Ultraman. Getting the you gold. Call him crazy. He's got his <laughs> methods. I've got my <laughs> wacky ways. Don't you worry. Uh, okay. Uh, 425,000 gold coming your way, Ultraman. Next time I log in. Congrats. Okay, now. Now. Now we have a guild. The guild's name is Stoons Goons. It is literally the best PvP guild in the game. Not even kidding. It's not even a joke, people. It's literally <laughs> the best PvP guild in the game. 
It also just so happens to be the best named guild on the PCNA server, and it's the official guild of the Scroll and Podcast. Uh, we're on PCNA, and now we're on the Xbox NA server. That's right, people. If you are on the Xbox North American server, you can join the Stoons Goons. Scrollandpodcast at gmail.com will get you in there. Shout out to Duttagon and Redhead Monster for, for heading up the, uh, the Xbox North American division of the Stoons Goons. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. for Stoons Goons ambassadors there. So scrollandpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, if your guild roster is full or if you're on a different platform that we're, we're not on yet, uh, that's okay. The Discord is really where the action is happening anyway. Uh, everyone who's on the Discord is a fully-fledged goon. Uh, in-game membership is not required. So scroll on podcast at gmail.com to join the guild or the Discord or both. If you'd like to support the show, one easy thing you can do is open up the Apple Podcast app, uh, find our show and give us a star rating and especially a written review. That helps us out quite a bit. If you'd like to go a step further than that, you can go to patreon.com slash scrollandpodcast and receive Stoon's Boon for $3 a month. Uh, that gives you access to a number of things, Discord benefits, build guides, um, and the Booncast, which is a, a shorter solo episode that I do on the off weeks, so you get a little a little scroll and taste every week. Um, and if you can't do Patreon right now, then just come uh, join the Discord. That actually helps us out quite a bit because uh, people participating in build ideas and different aspects of the game, that absolutely fuels the show and, and gives us stuff to talk about. Um, so just being our friend helps us out quite a bit. Scrollingpodcast at gmail.com if you'd like to come join us. Shout out to the chat. My goodness, Grizzly Khan, yeah. Joral, KDMS, Gummy Bear, Nauchu. Taggard, Uncle Sam, wanna buy my dog. Is there, I don't think uh, anyone even left, right? Yeah. Usually people leave early yeah, and it's just we, like a full house the whole time. A full chat. Uh, Thank yeah, you guys so much. And fantastic. Also, shout out to Uncle Sam, King Nar, Solantris, Shrimpo, Nauchu, Slavka, Axolion, Joral, um, wanna buy my dog. Who else? Lots of KDMS, yeah, lots of other people. We've all just been playing together a lot lately. The BGs have been popping off. The Discord's been popping off. Uh, every day is a party. And really, I just feel like these people are just like genuinely my friends. I look forward every day coming home from work and just hanging out with these people. Oftentimes, I just like log in and I, I don't even play BGs. We're just like sitting here talking for three hours <laughs> and I go to bed. Just chatting. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just like jumping around with my character doing not much of anything. Uh, just a great gang of people. Davis, you had a shout-out for Dr. Professor, right? That's right. Extra special shout-out for Dr. Professor. He uh, reached out to me. He, is, he was absolutely fully set up to, to make a donation, uh, bankroll us for some cool Guildhall editions. We did run into this slight struggle of you can't actually gift Crown Store items right now. Uh, we had a pretty good laugh when we got all the way to the point of what would be a cool addition, uh, and then we realized that. But I mean, the sentiment is there. Huge shout out to to Doctor Professor and and just looking out for us and and always being a true goon and always hugely supportive. So still a huge shout out. Yeah, I haven't heard from Doctor Professor in a while, so I was happy to hear that you guys were talking and stuff. That was cool. Yeah. 
Uh, also, shout out to the Elder Goons. Dr. Professor is absolutely an Elder Goon. Shout out to the OGs. Thank you guys all for just being our friends for so long. Uh, and shout out to our Patreon supporters, our Stoons Boon uh, recipients, Porkbody, Toadster, Gummy Bear, Grizzly Khan, Toadster, Thomas, Taggard, Mother of Dragons, Sudica. I said Toadster twice. <laughs> <laughs> Mother of Dragons, Sudica, Jim, Maxwell, and our newest uh, Stoons Boon recipient, Derpin Stuff, who also emailed us this week. So, thank you guys so much. Davis, we have anything else? I think that's everything. It's it's been pretty awesome. Like you said, it's um all We've of only the, been talking for two hours, so we need to keep going. Yeah, like we're just we're just hitting the the cusp of we're just getting into the groove. Uh but no, <laughs> uh in all seriousness, just you know, we were talking about just the other day. The amount of support and and interaction and the Discord and the emails, like just awesome. Couldn't couldn't be more uh, happy and excited to to see that happen and, and see what kind of the scrolling community uh, is coming and the growth that's, that's happened. It's been pretty awesome. It's really cool. If I, if I do say so myself, I mean, I see people from other ESO PVP guilds, like other discord servers, they're finding out where the cool kids are, you know, and they're, <laughs> they're finding their way over here and, uh, and, and really hanging out here. Now uh, we're kind of attracting people from all over and, uh, there's just this sort of gravity that's forming here, and there's just a really cool vibe, a really cool atmosphere. Uh, I think like we've done a pretty good job of kind of making it this place where, you know, we're talking about hardcore PvP concepts and stuff like that, but it's also a very kind of be beginner friendly, just and generally just a friendly environment. Um, so it's been really cool. You know, don't, you don't really get that with PvP guilds a lot. You know, like, often. Like if you have a bunch of really amazing players collected together, there's often a lot of toxicity to deal with and that sort of stuff. But uh, we thread that needle pretty well, I think. Yeah, pretty awesome. Okay, well, I guess that is everything. Thank you guys very much for listening and we'll see you next time. is still a topic of discussion. <laughs> Hold on, I've, I've got a good one. Okay. Here we go, here we go. Hold on, let me post this one here. I expect some good laughs for this one here. <laughs> it was a, it, it was a, it was a, just like that. <laughs> it's, it's the exact same thing. Like... <laughs> My bathroom's a mess right now. <laughs> it's a disaster. <laughs> it's a complete disaster right now. Just gonna have to hose it out, I think. <laughs> shot back in there. <laughs> hate to see it. Yeah, yeah, hate to see it. But you know, it happens.